No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. This week, we're very excited to have on two very special and lovely guests. Pat is currently running. Well, let me introduce them before I tell you what they're doing, because that would make more sense. Uh, to this week, we're talking to Pat and Amy Shand. They're both super talented and wonderful people out of Long Island in New York. Some of our favorite people in comics, Pat and Amy. And uh, Pat has a Kickstarter that's currently running right now. Um, so you should check that out as quickly as you can. I think it's got a couple days left on his Kickstarter. Um, Pat is a Kickstarter monster. He's been doing Kickstarter for a really long time. He's a really good dude. He's a very good friend. The Kickstarter that he's running right now is called Vampire Emmy and the Garbage Girl. It's a horror rom-com, which sounds pretty great. And Pat's a really great dude. So give it a listen. Pat Shan and Amy Shan together on Word Bros. joined today by pat shan pat and amy shan you guys want to go that way pat and amy or pat shan and amy it sounds dumb saying your name's twice last name's well, twice we have the same last name. yeah so but you're married you're not brother and sister so it's the married couple yes pat and amy shan you guys we're continuing our conversation that we had on your podcast which you can plug now pat feel free yeah, uh, we have the Space Between podcast. It is a comedy podcast of me and um, ugh, her over here, you know. And, and uh, we we don't really talk about comic stuff that often, but we have a, a lot of comics-centric guests on. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll ask questions like, um, what do you think happens after we die? <laughs> That's awesome. For some reason, he gets pretty dark sometimes, you know, because we talk about life. And then we talk about death. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is, what, well, what do you think happens after we die? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. This is going to be the whole podcast now. Uh, That's okay, because we'll just we'll just plug the Kickstarter at the end. Wait, <laughs> are we rolling now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I forgot to do something. Just pretend that we're first coming you in now. Even... No, no, no. Pretend that we're first coming in now and... You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. What was it? You had audio clips? Yeah, it, it was Jada Kiss's, the chap is here. Dun, 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 dun. The chap is here, you know? Mm-hmm. But but I guess, the, I mean, the, the mic is pointed this way, you know? Yeah, it, it didn't work. It could have gone smoother. Yeah. Okay? But hey. What's That's this. You got it ready before we came on, and then you forgot about it and was like, wait. I did. Let's start over. I can't. I cannot have it happen, you know? Well, that's my fault, too, because Kevin, before you got here, I was complimenting Pat on his fresh cut. His, his, hair, his hair looks great. And I think it immediately threw him for a loop because he had this uh, this Jada Kiss plan, and they were like, Pat, your hair looks wonderful. And then he's like, <laughs> and then it sent him into a tizzy. <laughs> I mean, that's what you do with any comic creator when you go up to their table. You just give them a compliment, and then they lose their shit. 
That's what well, happens. It's weird because we don't know how to react to those things. Yes, Pat? <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard sometimes. Like, um, someone will come up and we like, oh, yeah, I love your work. And I go, how much? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how, how much do you really love it? Like, On a scale from one to ten? What's your favorite one? Oh, yeah. The, oh, we love this viral video. It's of um, rap, rapper DaBaby, right? Who, um, He's very confrontational, this he, man. He really is. And there's, I'll, I'll say it right now, there's words I can't say that he says in this response. Uh-huh. But a paparazzi, a paparazzo, right, c- comes up to him in his car and tries to get him to, to talk and sign stuff, get a picture. And, and he says, I love your music. And DaBaby goes, name one song. And he like stumbles a little bit, and then baby says, "Fuck you," you know. <laughs> and that's how I feel sometimes too. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, creator, who I'm meeting here right now, do you know who I am, or are you like uh, networking here? You know, is this going to be a natural connection? Are we going to be bosom buddies, or or is it going to be not that? You know or is I mean? it is it is it one of these things? Because I'm sure you've seen this. You've done many shows. Kevin and I have done it too. Where it's like, oh man. I love your work. It's so cool. This is really great. Like, I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, will you take a look at my portfolio? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I've had to kind of coach Amy how to handle that because Amy, I'm not sure if you can tell, is uh, she's, she's fiery. Right? <laughs> She would see those interactions and be insulted for me, and I would start to see like her aura would turn golden, you know, her eyes would start to flash blue as she would begin to make her Super Saiyan transformation. Oh, I thought she was turning like the Phoenix Force. I thought she was like, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd go, yo, not here, you know. This not not at the con, you know. But like, they have to leave the table with a positive impression, you know. You know what I is crazy about my personality? I think like. Especially when I worked, when I work around people, it doesn't, like, if I'm in a good mood, sure, everyone's in a good mood around me, but it's not as strong as if I'm in, if something is wrong, and I'm like, if I'm angry, all of a sudden, everyone's just, like, chilled. I don't understand. People, like, yeah, will yeah, walk yeah. around, around me. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, thinking, like, what the fuck? But then I realize, oh, yeah, it's because I'm thinking, like, what the no. Yeah, you're, you're kind of like you're you're kind of like weather. Like you're you're the weather feature in Pokemon Go. Where no, like, that's not so much on the sunny side though. Well, well, yeah, but like say say if it's rainy in Pokemon Go, right. more water and bug type Pokemon spawn. It's true. Right? Okay. It's true. Um, and when you're feeling like fiery, more everyone departs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But not not me though. Nope. That's so, that's in. What? I'm like a ride or die bitch. Yeah. (laughs) No, I get that. That's why I like you. It's because you are, you know, like you, you can tell that you're a ride or die bitch. Like, that's why I dig it, Pat. I really am. In fact, sometimes, um, oh man, this one time it's back when I was working at Starbucks too. It's where we were first, you know, getting to know one another. Uh-huh. Right. Um, Amy came in while I was on shift and she was off and I could just see how sour her face was. So what I did to cheer her up was I drew a picture of how she looked. Oh. And I'm going to go get the picture right now. Actually. You have it still? You have the picture? That's awesome. Listen, well, this is great. I, I want to hear the Pat and Amy love it's story. Like a, that's what a, I want to yeah. hear. It's a Shan family heirloom like this. Yes. Something that's, that's awesome. The fridge is like full of really weird. 
<laughs> a long time. Well, I mean, that's the way, I mean, but that's what romance and love is, you know? It's it's really weird things that don't translate well to other people. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's fun. That's, that's ex- fun. That's exactly how she looked. That's awesome. And that's, that's a great cool. drawing for, for a writer, too. I mean, I'm going to give you props. And it's, and it's, and it's cool that you still have it. That's sweet. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Tell us the Pat and Amy love story. That's what we want to hear. That's what people are here for, really. What? How did how did you guys meet? Well, Pat moved to my hometown of San Diego, uh-huh. and he transferred to my Starbucks, which I was working at. I was like, it was like right down the street from the high school I graduated from, ten minutes from my house, everything. And I was renting a room from my friend who I had met at a previous job down the street and he was renting an apartment a little bit further down in the same neighborhood. So we became friends. But at the time that we became friends, he was kind of like in a low spot and I was kind of in a not single spot. So (laughs) we, we were just like work friends and stuff. We were like just cordial, super nice. He was obviously very funny. (laughs) Um, And then when I broke up with that person, then we became closer as friends, you know, because Mm -hmm. like we were confiding in one another and then I learned more about him and like why he came and everything. And sorry, I'm like really cold, so I'm like shaking. Um, no, it's okay. Romance does that. This is love. Like that's that's love. And, um, so what? So we became f- closer friends, and yes. then like you would just like spend the night at my house as my friend. Well, before we all right. Before that, there, there's a pivotal moment, right? Okay. Um, there was one night where we were um, hanging out with friends and frenemies, right? We had a couple of friends over, and Amy had over, uh, and, and, and this was your place. There was this girl who Amy kind of like didn't like too much. She was very clingy and sweaty and she would always like show- It was weird because she was a close friend of, like I have, I'm very strange in the sense that like, I like, I care about like weird people. Like I, yeah. I, I she was a friend of mine. She was- but She was, friend. now when Pat, you say she's sweaty, do you mean like sweaty as in like physically sweaty? Yeah, like she wasn't like, generally nice to be around like she was loud everyone at work made, made fun of her and stuff. But like, oh so you were like felt bad for her in a, a way yeah. and also yeah like she would be so stoked to hang out and everything and like we hung out but then it got to a point where like she wanted she wanted to like hang out every single day every single day and she was like kind of possessive in like mm. a way to the point where is telling the story yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, like, her, her situation is sort of like, you know how when, I mean, you have kids. If you have a kid go down a slide, sometimes, like, if they're wearing shorts, their legs will, like, squeak against the slide and, and they'll get stuck there. Yeah. This girl, she never gets stuck on slides. You know what I mean? <laughs> are, are you calling this woman oily? Is it oily? Is that, like, her general, her general descriptor? She went on... She's still with the guy that she was with when we knew her. Now they have two kids together. Oh, that's nice. Right. Okay. The kids just, they came right out. She was so, was so just, she was so wet. They just popped right out. It was like a slide, <laughs> a baby slide, but like for actual babies. Exactly. She, she actually has three kids, but the first one they can't find because it was, it was a <laughs> All right. So what happened was that um, uh, I knew that 
uh, Amy didn't really want to spend that much time alone with this girl. So she was one of the last people to, to, to leave. So I made sure to stay until that girl was gone. That's it was, nice. It was getting a little bit like annoying, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like anything serious. But, right. Yeah. I feel you. Why don't you hang around? Because otherwise she's going to stay until like three in the morning. Right. And I'm going to be <laughs> wanting to sleep. Yeah. That's so awesome. then we, we both left and I realized that I left my brown leather Merce. Of course you did. You know, so <laughs> right. <laughs> I turned around and drove back, and when I was getting my um, man bag, Amy uh, said, "You know that if you ever want to stay over, you can." And I felt in that moment, for the first time, I felt a connection of la romance between <laughs> us. <laughs> and you knew that coffee didn't mean coffee. Yeah, it's true. It, it's really true that I, that really true. That moment was my first uh, spark where I was like, "Oh, wow!" He wasn't attracted to me before that. That's not what I. I'm just kidding. Said. Okay, but it's fun too that like your big reveal in your brain was when she actually said, "Hey, you can stay here tonight if you want." Like that's respectful. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, I, I understand. Like that's respectful, but again, it's that like, oh, okay, like of course that's what she means, Pat. Like, but it's just like, well, the. Big Big reveal was when she when she told me. <laughs> he needs permission. Yeah. No, I'm like a vampire in that way. Okay. I'm the same way, Pat. So don't feel bad. I'm I'm like that too. I mean, all you need to do is communicate. Like yeah, no, it's true. It's hard for guys. Like it's hard for us as as dudes. I can say from from having being a single dad like two three years ago when I would go on dates, I would Bob, Bob would would ask questions, and I'd be like, yeah, well, this would happen and that would happen, and then like things will happen, and then like sometimes at the end of dates, girls would be like, so we've been on like five dates now, and you haven't like tried to kiss me or anything. Are are you like gay? And like you yes. just found out after you had a kid, and I'd be like. Well, no, I just didn't know, like, there was, like, this invitation. Like, I didn't know that that was what was going on. I was just being respectful. Like, I was being, like, so I get that when he said, when he said, because, like. No, but no, no, no. I understand what he's saying, too. But it was just funny to me the way it was presented. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, that was. It was very Harry Met Sally. No, but it was very ham-fisted, too. Like, Pat's like, and you know why I knew she liked me. Like, like that's why I found it amusing because yeah, she just said it, Pat. Of course, that's why. Like, of course, that's why you figured it out. Yeah, and then so, so what you? Oh, then Kim, I forgot. Well, you just said her name, you know. Oh, I had edited that out. I'm oh, sure okay, she doesn't. Cool. Yeah, I'll edit that out. This isn't live or anything. So I don't good. really know her anymore, but I forgot. Yeah, I mean, the only other part about her is that she immediately. I didn't even say this part because it's it's still a weird thing. Immediately. As I turned around, she texted, um, I think she did a group message to me and Amy saying, why is Pat turning back into <gasps> your house at 70 miles per hour? So, that, that's <laughs> creepy. That's weird. That, whoa. That's why I was kind of like, it was to the point where I was like, all right, we can't like be as close anymore just because like you're trying to be like kind of like on my shit. And yeah. like, yeah. That, have a mom okay so <laughs> <laughs> so and she's way less strict than you <laughs> so check this i slept over and while i was there this is the move that i pulled right okay we, we were already in bed as friends and i said is it okay if i put my arm around you and amy is like yeah oh right <laughs> you're a horrible storyteller <laughs> 
I think this is going First, very the well. Slippery slide. In- <laughs> so the slippery slide was something that I could really understand. Like as a parent, as as a stay-at-home parent who goes to yeah, I, that's that's a visual that is drilled into my mind, and that that is an unmistakable sound of a kid not going down the slide. <laughs> Yeah, like, sounds like I take helium. Like, <laughs> okay, I'll try again. I'll try again. I'll try like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All stone. Yeah. Pro- like probably, that. Probably. Just probably. like that. Um, <laughs> Dude, today at work. Wait, hold on, hold on. Do you have fleas or something? What's going on? Like, my. This tattoo is fairly uh, new, so it's in like a dryish phase. Get some lotion, Mama. You gotta get some lotion. I'll I'll put some on, sorry, but yeah. Um, I'm gonna have you come in at the end of the story, but basically, what what happened was I, you know, I left and nothing happened, and then as I was walking to my apartment, I got a text from Amy, and the text said this. This is about my dream. Yes. Oh, basically. Pat, he was, that was not the first night you spent the night, though. Probably second night. This story is all over the place. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, the point yeah, is, long story <laughs> short, Pat was sleeping next to me a couple nights or a few nights in a row. And so I had a dream that we had sex. And I was like, oh, hmm. that was pretty cool, my dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she texted me about it. And right. I, like, she I was like, what do you think? <laughs> and I was like, I'm staying over tonight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, that's not really the love story. What is cool is that it was super awesome and we like bonded, but then uh, maybe a week later, you had to go out of town and stuff. Yes. And like, it was super neat because we had already just like in that week been like, all right, we're set. Like I already basically knew like in that time of us like turning in our friendship into romanticism or whatever, that I was like, oh, well, this is the person I'm gonna marry. Like, this is awesome. This is wow. So, like telling my best friend stuff. Like, oh my god, like this is crazy. And then he would like he went out of town, and I missed him so much. And I was like, wow, this really says something, you know? Like, this is really cool. And then when he came back, it was super awesome. I was so excited. <laughs> Look at Pet's face. <laughs> Look at him. Like, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's fucking. <laughs> it's fucking nice to hear. Ginger, ginger, <laughs> ginger Nas over there. Look at him. <laughs> stoked. <laughs> But yeah, so so that was it. So then when shortly after he came back, like pretty quickly, because I had been watching your cats when you went out of town and, and hanging out at your place and stuff, and because my roommate situation just like wasn't my favorite uh, yeah. situation at the time, uh, I moved into your apartment. Yes. And Real then, quick. Yeah. That's cool. Went from zero to 100. Real but quick. at this point, we had known each other for close to a year, like seven months, right? Yeah, but it took a... I mean... Yeah, but I always started hanging out with you like in February, then really closer in March, and then very quickly. Really. Yeah, it happened pretty quick. And then <laughs> to a couple people were like, "Wow, that's like pretty fast," you know. Like, I was thinking like, I can't wait in a few years to basically be exactly where we are now and be like, "See, I told you we were right what we thought." Well, yeah, I mean, we we had um. Amy's landlord, who was really just a guy in a house, was having bedrooms sold out. It was a guy who lived in a house his parents owned. Um, Okay, all right. And so in order to help pay, like, his rent to his parents, he rented out a couple of the rooms. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he he said to Amy something like, 
you know that you're just gonna hurt him. And, and I was like, you don't have nothing. You know, you, <laughs> like you don't even have a girl. Why me? Yeah. I don't know why he he said that. I don't even remember that he said that. Actually. Well, guess what? Because I really, it really didn't Pat, matter. Pat won, right? Pat's now you're living comfortably in Long Island. And, and now you're you're a comic superstar. You're launching your brand new Kickstarter for your book. Very smooth. Yes. Very smooth. That um, what this this will air not this coming Monday, but the following. Um, so how much? Well, you know what? Let me look to see how much time you have left on your Kickstarter. Go ahead, Pat. Tell us about tell, the yeah. I was gonna say tell us what I'm about. looking. Yeah, it's called Vampire Emmy and the Garbage Girl. It is a horror rom com. It is about a vampire. You know, she has already lived. Uh, an epic life for centuries. She's done all there is to do. She has uh, lost countless loves. So she's kind of stopped living that uh, lifestyle. She's now kind of just chilling at home. She spends time watching Netflix because there's a never ending amount of shows to watch and just eating cheese fries with blood and just really having a uh, sort of boring down to earth life that she settled into. And she's pulled out of it when she uh, glances at the new sanitation worker who she is immediately drawn to. And uh, that is the quote-unquote garbage girl. She doesn't know her name. And then she uh, goes on this kind of like, not journey, but she tries to meet this sanitation worker because as the garbage truck comes, the the sun is rising. So she has to figure out a way as a vampire to get out and meet this girl and not burn to ashes. So it's their love story. Okay. That sounds fun. Um, Now, you are a tour de force on Kickstarter, my friend. It just seems like every time you guys put up a Kickstarter, it's like no fuss, no muss funded. Like, how are you able to pull this off in such a grandiose and and easily uh, appearing fashion, sir? Um, I feel... Like, I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I have built a bit of a community through my Kickstarters. Because mm-hmm. The truth is that I, I I do a lot of them per year. You know, I, I, I do between four or five. So people have come to see. I mean, the, the number one thing about Kickstarter is that people want you to deliver. Yes. So my, my first few campaigns were hard. You know, uh, both Destiny New York 1 and Clusters 1 were, were hard fought. But once people saw that I delivered on both they were much more willing to throw down. Like, um, so far, my biggest one was Destiny Near Volume 2 because people saw that I had already shipped one. Everyone who was kind of, like, scared to do Volume 1, like, oh, now I'll go in because I see that he actually delivers. Because some people uh, go into Kickstarter and don't know how difficult it is or how much it costs to ship, and they'll end up not doing well after their first campaign is funded and it's delayed for, for, for years mm-hmm. if it ever ships. So people are rightfully scared to try new creators. So I, I, I think what it is is that I've shipped, I think 16, no, I've uh, funded 16 campaigns Damn. and I've shipped 14 so far, I believe. Oof. So <clears throat> I run multiple per year. So of course I have some that are waiting to be delivered, but that's just how I do it. I always have something that's either being uh, drawn, lettered, printed, just so I'll always have something coming out. So by the time the next Kickstarter goes up, I'll have just shipped the previous one, you know? Okay. Because mm-hmm. I've bragged about your Kickstarter game to other creators when I got my, what, Destiny New York. Well, it was the short story one that you did recently, yes? 
And when I opened up the package and I opened up the the trade, a piece of paper fell out for your next Kickstarter. And I was like, you <laughs> fucking genius. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like that was that I even called Kevin I was like Pat's a fucking genius because here it is like it's got the date when you're launching it's got everything it's right there and I mean it's just it's just perfect like that's such good marketing I mean yeah the thank you one two my brain works in this way as soon as you said that I, I was like, I didn't take it as a win. I took it as, man, I wish I was good enough as you're saying to do that on every campaign. It's true. It's true. It's yeah. But, but I mean, when sometimes you catch lightning and that's a good feeling. Right. Right. So now, I, and yeah, not now hearing from you that it works, I, I am going to strive to do it each time. You know? Yeah. It's like, um, with Ninja Nuns, when we had a $6,000 goal in mind for us, and that was to put a pitch, pitch pages for another book. And the reason why we did that was if no one picks up this pitch, what are we going to do with it? Kickstart it. We're going to kickstart it. So why not just give these seven pages to people who already back Kickstarters anyway, so they know what they're looking at. Yeah. If that makes sense. So you're already kind of building your audience for it. And I was like, man, that's, that's, I had my Pat Shan moment with that. I was like, that's pretty smart, Bob. Good way to go. So, yeah. Yeah, cause I mean, you're, you need to show the things to people that back Kickstarter, because have you noticed this, that the Kickstarter audience and the comic book, like comic shop audience, there's not a lot of crossover. Two, two different audiences. Yeah. There sure isn't. Yeah. I, um, and I got that question so many times, um, on panels like people don't understand like i would have publishers i'm working with ask me on our panel if you if you are in traditional publishing why do you do kickstarter and i'm just like why who why wouldn't you you know it, it's a whole different audience it's yeah people want to be actively part of it like for, for, for clusters they know that they'll pledge for a book but they can also get a sculpture made by amy's hands yeah that's cool yeah, and we could personalize in ways that uh, publishers, big bigger publishers can't. Like for Prison Witch, for example, Amy and I, we wrote letters in the voices of, of the characters to to the backers. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're good with your imagination with stuff like that, like with the uh, different levels. Because if I was a backer on Kickstarter, um, I would like to see just like a, di- a few different options of things to get, you know? And yeah. I love making the the clay, the monsters for the Kickstarter backers because what'll happen is they back it, they order the Kickstarter, or they order, you know, the comic, and then they pick out which character from the comic that they want. So yeah, that's the, cool. By the mm-hmm. end of the Kickstarter, we've got sort of like a little list. And then I sit down with the list, I get all the stuff, all the clay and everything that I need, and then I just bust them all out and pat packages them and ships them out. Yeah. But what I want to do is add little uh, like what uh, like adoption certificates. Oh, no, oh that's cute. Oh. Yeah, 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 that's cool. Um, so I want to look into maybe like getting some index sized cards or something that would fit in like a little envelope. We'll see. Yeah, I mean all those ideas to enrich what we're already doing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what we want to do. Like, we want to improve what we've already done and also look back to gauge interest too. Like what I do on every campaign is I tend to do similar rewards. Like I'll do um, 
you know, the, the, the uh, book, a variant, book plus, plus the book plate, book plus print, book plus bookmark, and I'll see on every campaign how many backers back that and mm-hmm. if people care. And I've come to see that I was very print heavy at first, but people don't really, in my experience, buy prints as much as they'll buy a button or a book plate. Yeah. Something that they can actually, that has more value than just a piece of art, because what they're already buying is a book that has 60 pieces of art. Yeah, so that's true. That one extra piece, what I've noticed is it, it doesn't really connect financially. So I've pulled back on prints and I'll just do one or two per uh, campaign. That makes sense. Yeah, and I'll just learn that way by by, by seeing what my audience cares about. You know? Yeah, that is that's the one thing about Kickstarter too. It is very much like trial and error. Like you have to you have to kind of put it out there. Like we always talk about original art. And I've noticed that a lot of backers don't give a fuck about original art. Like they just don't care. Not on Kickstarter. It's not that kind of thing, you know, but then you have, you know, we did um, uh, the art books for Metal Shark Shark Pro too. And people went apeshit for those. People love that. We took all the prints that we got and just put them in a book and made like a a comic sized art book with like a nice cover. And I mean, people love that shit. So it's just really odd to see what people kind of gravitate towards. Granted, most of your backers are going to be into the book. Like that's, that's the number one thing. The main thing. But the other stuff is like, people like to collect stuff and like some people like to collect the art prints and things like that. But um, I would say more so, you know, like pins. Yeah, yeah, people love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also it's because I think it's. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, that that's just good to hear about that art book because I've been thinking about doing a Destiny New York art book. So that is cool to hear that it's worked for you guys. Yeah, it was. Yeah. We and we've all. It's all you can only get it on the Kickstarter. Like we only ordered. We ordered just enough, and in case we had some damages, because you know that's going to happen. But like, <laughs> yeah, we're we're not selling this thing anywhere. You can't get it afterwards. It's just exclusively on Kickstarter, and I think you do a good job of that as well. Like playing up the exclusivity of Kickstarter, like this is what you do this is the kickstarter exclusive cover here it is you can only get this here which is good you know well also i think that their strength as creators is is finding a connection with their audience be it the be it the comic shop audience or the kickstarter audience like you can tell that pat and amy are there to build connections because they do their podcast live on facebook every week i go on sometimes i'll comment i'll say weird shit just to be weirdo because i'm weird like that what's that i said i love it i love when the people when people are in the live chat commenting and like helping us keep the conversation going yeah like trump kind of i love it i love when the people you know so i mean that's that's why i think that people gravitate towards what you guys are doing because that's something else that bob and i have been trying to do with our podcast is like this is who we really are we're not there's no like fronts there's no like illusions this is bob and i the, sometimes the conversations we have on the podcast are exactly the same conversation we would have had if we were talking on the phone right like it's exactly right. the same so and then i get that from you guys too oh i mean that, yeah, that, like, that's what we want yeah. on that note like sometimes i think to myself like am i being too like colloquial uh, like just telling stories about like my day-to-day life at work and stuff like that yeah, <laughs> no like, it's cool you get scared like do you ever get scared like oh i've I, i've said too much 
Yes, I do. I, I do. don't. But he doesn't. Uh, I do because, like, sometimes, like, I'll say, like, what I really think about stuff because, like, I can be kind of blunt and disastrous uh, about things um, versus Bob, who's more smooth than, than me. I'll just be blunt about it. Like, no, fuck no, I ain't back in that. And he'll just laugh. He'll just, he'll be like, savage. You savage. <laughs> well, it's also, savage. for me, it's not really a big deal because, like I said, I did commercial radio for such a long time. And a lot of that was just personal stories and things of that nature so i mean like it's just par for the course you know like it's just it is what it is i sometimes like the thing is like we have like we try to make our podcast funny you know we have bits that we do and he's got his soundboard clips yeah and (laughs) it's like the stern show (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) i have a bit that i want to do so fucking bad that Amy and I were texting this back and forth, and I, I can't even say what it is because we'll get in trouble. Yeah, but, not on the record. Yeah, but it, it, it's <laughs> it's such a fucking good bit, and, and it's not even mean. No, it's not even like offensive. It's just that we can't do it because it's like personal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, along the lines of like making connections and stuff with our Kickstarter backers and things like that. I think that's one of my like favorite parts of making art and stuff and Kickstarter. It's like, even when, when I worked at Starbucks and stuff, I met people who, you know, you're chit chatting with someone you're making a drink for. Oh, what do you do? Like, Oh, me and my husband make comics and that, and I don't even work at Starbucks anymore. And to this day, these people go on every single of one of Pat, Pat's, not even mine and Pat's. Well, both. And they back every single Kickstarter, are super supportive, doing yeah. reposts and stuff like that. That's awesome. And like, mm-hmm. they're so cool. To me, they're like such such great fans and friends, you know? And yeah. like, that's because I connected with them on a personal level that they even found your Kickstarter. So if, yeah, I think that's so neat. It's crazy. We have this one friend, Zach O'Connor. He, Shout out. He's he, awesome. He loves our books and he, he donates <laughs> to every single one. And... We actually put him on a variant cover of Gangster Ass Barista. That's fun. Came <laughs> to a convention once, like um, that was in town because yeah. he uh, he was like he he used to drive around, I think, like big trucks or whatever. So he was driving around one mm-hmm. of our conventions one day. So we look over from the booth and we see him with like a friend of his that both of them come into the Starbucks. Yep. I'm like, holy shit, this is so cool! Yep. Like <laughs> that's fun. Us questions and stuff like that yeah it's the best and he was rocking a polo shirt that he had uh uh sewn onto it embroidered onto it um a clonster and then (laughs) on on his leg he had a clonster tattoo that's awesome that's awesome i used to make clonsters that would represent the kind of drinks that people got every day so (laughs) that's fun get a mocha frappuccino with two shots in it and he would get like mocha drizzle on the whipped cream so make like a brown one with two brown squares on it for the two shots and then <laughs> on its head and then mocha drizzle and then a straw sticking out so it looks like a starbucks drink but it has a face that's yeah, fine and in the book and his name is frappy and he got a freaking <laughs> <laughs> <of> yep <laughs> amazing that's fun. i mean and, and that's the the kickstarter experience and i think when it's done well you can kind of slowly build your audience and 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 kind of eventually take over the world which is what you guys are clearly doing here you know yeah. Yeah, I mean, you see the same names a lot, like, and you start to develop a pattern with them. Like, oh, you'll see, oh, that that's a guy who always pledges big, but this campaign less, so he doesn't like this one, or this one went really hard on this campaign. Or you'll see, like, oh yeah, this is the guy who will pledge 
cancel, pledge, cancel, pledge, cancel. And it, it was like, what What does he do? Like, like, is he doing it like for me? Like, hi, gotcha, bitch. You know, like, yeah. that was his goal. But, it, but you know, it's kind of fun to be like, oh, it's that guy again, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's fun to watch the pledges come and go. We had, for Ninja Nuns, we had somebody who backed the book, sent me a message. It was like, I'm so excited for this. And then they dropped their initial pledge to just a PDF. And then they just dropped off altogether. And it was like, what happened in two days? Like, where did your enthusiasm go for this project? Dude, we did a Facebook Live. That's what yeah, it's, it's it's just fun to kind of watch, you know? <laughs> now, so now, what are some of the challenges you you think at this point in kind of promoting uh, Kickstarters in the apocalypse? Like, <laughs> being at the end of all times? Um, uh, personally, I think that my biggest challenge is just to make myself post because I... I don't really enjoy social media anymore. Like I used to find more joy in it, mm-hmm. but I really have to force myself out of my either work or my play to to do this other kind of work that I know is beneficial. But it, it it's so frustrating to fight the algorithm, you know. Like you gotta like bleep out Kickstarter. You know? Yeah, I've noticed you were doing yeah. that. I was going to ask you what's what's that yeah, all about. Is, is, is that for the Facebook algorithm? Yeah, if you write it, no one's going to see it. Interesting. If you share a link, no one's going to see it. Interesting. That's why you put the link in the comments, right? Yes, I'll yes. do that. And I'll just try different things. Like sometimes I'll put it like in the body of text and I'll just switch it up every time to, to hope that one post will break through because they try very hard to filter those out. You know? Yeah, because they don't want people leaving Kickstarter, essentially. Exactly. Now, the thing that I noticed too is I was feeling that way during Ninja Nuns, but funny enough, I went back and did some research in the other ones and I was like, man, I just feel like nobody's seeing these things. But we had just as many, kind, uh, just as much percentage of backers from Facebook previously that we were having now. So it's just a weird kind of world that you live in. And I don't understand either when people are saying, I don't want to post too much. But I mean, you might as well try to monetize your social media any way you can, right? Like you have these followers and these friends. Why not? Yeah, it's like I see people like, oh, I don't want to post during the pandemic because people don't have money. And it's like, all right, then how about you don't have this job anymore? How about don't do this anymore? Yeah. It's not a fucking job. If you, all right, do, do you feel bad asking people to buy the food that you sell at the restaurant that you work at? I don't think so because that's your job. Yeah. We treat this as if it's not a real job and it really is. So my thought is just shut up about the pandemic. Don't worry about people's financial situation. If they're going to back you, it's not going to be, they're not going to feel forced into it because you posted seven times. Yeah. They're going to do it anyway. You know, yeah. so that, that guilt over posting, I do find it frustrating. Just, just do it. You know, like it's all that kind of stuff. That kind of post is a form of marketing. They're saying that to protect themselves. And that I feel is dirtier than, than the actual straightforward post. Yeah. I feel like a lot of comics is that though, like people walk back accomplishments and oh. kind of deprecate themselves because they don't want to be viewed as one of those. Like pompous. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I feel a lot of comics is like humble bragging and shit like that, oh, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's a very passive aggressive group, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like what I want to do, I, I always say this to Amy that um, do you remember this? Tell them what I want to do when I win my first Eisner. How I approach the stage. <laughs> um, 
It kind of rings a bell. I can guess what you would say, but I don't remember. No, I don't say anything yet. I go up like this. <laughs> blazing? Blazing. Guns blazing, wow. you know? And then um, I, I, I go up to the stage, and I'm like, took a while, but thanks. And then I walk <laughs> off. That's it? That's it. You just go mic drop it. right there. That's it. That's that's yeah. the end of the like. What are you wearing when you do this? Is it like a is it like a sparkly tuxedo like Elton John esque? Is it? Is it <laughs> are you dressed can... like Are you dressed like Mace from the old Puff and Mace videos, like in big? Because know, that's how we would jumpsuits. dress. We would dress like Puff, Puff Daddy, and Mace if we got if we got an Izer because there's yeah. two of us, so we kind of have to be go. We go up there like. What I would do is um I'm not sure if you guys remember this video, but it's fifty cents PIMP video, right? Yes, yes. He has a crisp white wife beater, white suit pants, and a white little hat, okay? I wanna wear that shit. But okay. and, it's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna be there. And it works for the weather in San Diego. Yes. yes. <laughs> but hold on. This is a real story though. When that- <laughs> When that video came out, I wanted that getup, and, and I told my mom that I want to go to the mall and buy like white suit pants and, and, and the white hat for when I go to, to a party. And she said, "If I get it, I won't be fifty cent. I'll be Carol Sanders." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, did she deter you? Yeah, I, I didn't get it. That's yeah, amazing. both of those are awesome to be though. If yes, if you know, if you're gonna end on the scale, no. you know. <laughs> I'll be Colonel Sanders. Now, now, is that something that you, because realistically, like Eisner is a very kind of, uh, that's a high lofty, lofty, that's a lofty goal. Is that something that you truly aspire to do? Or is that just like a kind of pipe dream thing? Like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, do you have those aspirations for yourself? Oh, no, I don't. I think that... To me, it's on whoever does that stuff if I ever get it. It has nothing to do with me. Yes. It has nothing to do with the quality of my work. Um, there are great books that are published every year that don't get Eisner's. Um, in fact, um, uh, I don't know if it was last year or, or the previous year, but on every podcast I did with my co-creator, Emily Pearson, for uh, Snap Life's Hustle, I would say, if Emily doesn't get an Eisner for her work on this book, then the shit's not real. You know? Yeah. So, what the Eisner's is, it's it's a group of opinions, and it's not it doesn't reflect me personally. So I don't aspire toward it. I don't think about it. If it ever happens, it happens. I, I personally don't see it happening because of you know my place in the comics industry. It's a very it's I think specific books get chosen, and they aren't necessarily books that I do. But if it does happen. <laughs> now, now, when you say your place in the comic industry, this is an interesting comment as well that you just yeah. said. Where is your place, do you think, in the comic industry? Because Kevin and I have this conversation all the time about where we are. I would like to hear. I was just getting ready to say that we talk about this yeah. all the time. We talk about the ladder. That's how we. That's the the descriptor we use. The ladder. Right. I think that there's all right. There's the idea of like what people see as a cool book, and that's the book that 
um, comics pros are all talking about, you know, as soon as the number one drops, it has pull quotes from all the regular, like, trending names everyone sees, pull quotes from people that for sure didn't read the book, you know? And then there's the books like me. I create books that readers enjoy. I yeah. create books that are for me, for the readers, that I don't really look for that kind of stuff. I don't market in that way, and I don't seek approval from my peers i i want something genuine between me and the people i, I interact with so I, i've only asked for pull quotes when a publisher hounded me for them i don't, <laughs> I don't market in that way you know um so I, my place i feel is sort of like um uh i feel kind of like staten island you know what i mean <laughs> I do know. I, I, I know what you mean. First person to compare themselves to Staten Island. No, but I get it. Like you're talking about the five boroughs of New York City, and Staten Island is just its own thing. No one goes there. No one leaves yeah. there. It's just Staten Island. That's how yeah. I feel about my own work. Yeah. The only people as far as the perception in the industry. Yeah. The only people that I've ever escaped Staten Island are Wu Tang Clan and the Impractical Jokers, and that's it. Brick City, bitch. Yeah. You know? And the rest of them are just there. So that's a very interesting kind of way. Kevin and I always look at it as like a ladder and we're holding the ladder. Like oh. we're not we're not on it yet. But we're, we're on the bottom. We're, yeah. We're getting close. Like it's eventually like, we're gonna get to turn around and climb it, but right now we're just holding it for everybody else, you know. It's like theater. We're the guys that hold the A-frame for the actual important people <laughs> to climb up over top of us and they step on your hands and shit and they're like, Oh, sorry, but they don't really mean it because they're drama kids. So they don't give a shit that they stepped on your hand. Because you know drama kids in high school do not really give a shit they stepped on your hand. That's they're worried about getting their line out like i have to get my line out to the top of this a-frame um so in the wizard of oz can confirm <laughs> See, i mean i'm not lying right and, that, and that's this is the conversation we have and we're the two stagehand guys that are holding the ladders like it's okay cool but the I cool part's a little i'm all right I'm but the thing right. is though like i'm content the, there is one thing that i would like to happen eventually i would like to get to a point where a publisher paid artist so i don't necessarily kevin and i don't necessarily have to but i mean we're telling the stories that we want to tell we're using kickstarter to do that and we have a publishing arm that will publish the things we want to do in scout comics which is pretty great um but we're getting to tell the stories that we want to tell and do the things that we want to do so we're we're pretty happy with where we are do you you feel the same way i do and i don't i i do feel unrecognized but i also feel like i mean I don't want to tell you guys how you feel, but I'll tell you my perception of you. <laughs> my perception of you isn't that you're holding the ladder. I do feel that you're somewhat up the ladder. And I feel the same way about myself. You know, I, I'm not just starting out. Like, I feel like we're the, the three of us, I mean, the four of us, five of us, Neil's here too. Oh, are, the cat? Yeah, yeah. Because he, <laughs> he was the star of Afterglow pretty much. You know, his face is on my graphic novel. I feel that we are... You know, somewhat in the middle-ish of the ladder, all of us. Because you, I mean, Metal Shark Bro is an accomplishment. It's, it's a great funny book, and fucking no one in comics is funny. <laughs> like we call it comics and we're just full of not funny people. It's funny books are few and far between, and the people that do it do it very well. Yes, and that's you too. And and uh. But, the, dude, the funniest to me is when I'll get, like, a DM from someone, like, saying, 
someone who who actually is holding the ladder and are, are talking negatively about people who are like on top of the ladder as if they're on the same level and i'm like you got a splinter <laughs> it's like, that happens all the time like and, and people will will say will compare me to someone on my own level like so, so someone said oh um uh you got guys like me and you aspire to be like this guy and, and i'm like that guy and me sell the same amount of books. Where, where, yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're on level ground. Like I don't like that kind of assumption, you know. But that comics is like that, you know. It's either it's either walking back every positive thing and making it a negative thing to put off this impression that oh, I'm such a a humble guy. But you know I'm a humble guy, right? Like, I, like I'm, a, I'm a good guy. Yeah. Or it's that, oh, you, you know, I, I already made it from a guy who didn't fucking make it. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's very little in between, you know? I think there's a lot of imposter syndrome going on with people in comics to some extent. I know I've suffered from it greatly. Like, you know, just I can't enjoy my accomplishments. And I was telling our friend Jason this, that like we were talking about the Ninja on Kickstarter. He's like, well, what did you get? I said, we we ended up with, you know, we, we asked for three. Well, what did you want? And we talked about this on your show. And it's like. Why can't I just enjoy my success at 3,000? Like, why can't I enjoy that as a human being and as a person? Like, why do I have to go, well, I really wanted this, but I'll be happy if I get this. And it's why, why do you put, why do we put those barriers up for ourselves, you know? Oh, Amy will tell you, I do the same shit, Papa. Really but do. why? But but that's what I'm saying. But, like, why do we do this? Like, why does that happen? Like, is it because we're afraid to enjoy the success that we have? Are we afraid that it's going to be kind of taken from us? It, uh, like, why? I think that we secretly hope that every campaign will be, like, a blowout success. Like, oh, they'll see this time. You know what I yeah. mean? And there's that, like, there's always that thought, oh, I could have done better if. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Now, um, now, yeah. So this thing you have now, I love the title. It's so, it's so wonderful. Uh, I'm bringing it up here. It is. Um, let me see. My window closed on me. God damn it! Come on, work. This is really messing up my smooth transitions. De La Soul is doing another Kickstarter. That's pretty cool. Oh, they did one. Okay, hang on. Did you back it? <laughs> no, I did not. Question. I did not back the De La Soul Kickstarter. I would have backed the De La Soul Kickstarter. Um, so, yeah, you have 22 yeah, days left on no. Vampire Emmy and the Garbage Crew. What, you got a problem with De La Soul? No, you, I mean, you just should have backed them, man. I should have. I did. I didn't. I blew that one. But, yes, yeah, so you've got, like, 22 days left of recording. You'll probably be about halfway through. So you asked for eight, Pat. So what do you really What do you really want? What are you really looking for on this? <laughs> as, as, we, as we talked about on your Kickstarter. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'm just kidding, Pat. No, no, no. For, for real. For real. I will say this. At 6 a.m., which is six, seven, eight, nine, ten, four hours before we launched, uh-huh. I changed the goal from 10,000 to 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, because it's just like it's that insecurity that like you don't want to fail. Well, yeah. You also don't want to look like you're being a greedy asshole either because you're not like and, and people who do Kickstarters know you're not but then there's times where you like feel it because people will be like 
oh, you made all this on Kickstarter, like they were saying that to Bob and I, the first year of Heroes. And I was like, yeah, but it all went to the book. We didn't get paid jack or shit. So don't look at us like we like, ro- we, like robbed people on Kickstarter. <laughs> I felt like I didn't go to like people's houses to come like, back my Kickstarter, bitch, or I will fucking put a cap in that ass. It wasn't like that. That's it was pretty like, good. That, that was a good performance. That was scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beard. It makes it more like De Niro-esque. Like, <laughs> so, so, two, so four hours before you launched, you dropped it from from 10 to 8. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. And I love the fact that you're comfortable enough with us to tell us that. Like, yeah, I did it. Because everybody, everybody does it. Kevin and yeah. I were talking, should we ask, okay, should, should we what? do 2-5? Maybe 2-5? Let's do 2-5. Like, it's just that that kind of random fear of failure. Yeah, and plus, it's, it's so good to have a good first day and that matters a lot so just seeing the, the the percentage that you can do on the first day if you increase that a little bit by chopping the goal off four hours before you launch right <laughs> but dude yeah i there is the impression of kickstarter back, uh, creators who get that money people think that it goes to them and then they, they can spend it yes yeah. i mean there, there are some <laughs> books that i look at and I'm like, I, I look at the goal and I'm like, I do this. Why do you need that money? <laughs> Why do you need all that fucking paper? You know, like yeah. I, I look and I'll, I mean, dude, there's one campaign going on right now. I, I can't even say what it is, but I look at it and, and I'm like, you could do that with one fourth of that shit. Yeah. What, what is that? You can say it. We can edit it out. No, I don't want to edit it out because I'll just have to go back and you can tell us when we stop recording. Yeah, tell us when you stop. I want to know which one it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. It's weird because it's an ego thing. Like, it's that that idea that – it's the pipe dream of of the Eisners of a viral Kickstarter campaign. It's like, why not just make something that's a genuine passion project? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do with Metal Shark Pro. And we, we figure out exactly how much it would cost. And we were legit. We, we put it, we built in like an extra 2000 for, for like any unseen things that came up between there and there. And that's exactly what it like legit. That's exactly what it cost. And it was really weird because people were like, we didn't even think we were going to get that. Like Bob, Bobby's first reaction to that was um, when. when Why would we think that? I mean, at the time, you know, we hadn't had the success of previous Kickstarters. We were asking for $24,000. We were three guys that nobody had ever really ever heard of. So yeah, we're kind of, it was kind of a pipe dream, but we just said, fuck it. Let's do it. Oh, that was that was like definitely a thing where we were like I was like why he was like well, I don't think we could do that I was like I don't know if we'll do it or not but why not fucking try to do it like if we fail at a $24,000 Kickstarter that's nothing like so there's not a whole lot of dirt on your nose for that it's not like you try to three th- go ahead no, no I, I was just saying true yeah it's true yeah so like if you fail at $24,000 so you failed and you fail big no big deal like you're gonna fail at things it's okay like don't even give a sh- I, don't, I don't even give a shit if we fail at $24,000 if we failed at $4,000 I might be like fuck this I don't need to be making comics I'm done <laughs> yeah. you know so. I, I, I am scared though to fail on a Kickstarter you know it's I, same yeah I it's don't it's like breaking a streak yeah it's breaking a streak and <laughs> I don't want to flex but your boy has a streak, you know? <laughs> so I don't, I really don't want to break it. And yeah. I do think about that when forming my goals. I think like, if there's going to be one that breaks it, it can't be this one. It has to be one that shoots high. Yeah. Because I have campaigns that do shoot high and ones that shoot low. Because I, 
Vampire Emmy doesn't need to shoot too high because it it has fewer pages. Prison Witch, those volumes have fewer pages. Destiny New York has oh, it has over a hundred pages each. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those shoot higher, and it will be more respectable to fail on that, but also maybe more devastating too because that's been going on for a while. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's just this mixed bag of. I guess no project is is the right one to fail on. You know that there's negative ways, ne- negative aspects about both of them, and I just I I'm scared of it. I want to do everything I can to prevent that failure. E- even though I know that failure isn't, you know, people need to fail sometimes. But like we said, your boy has a streak. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what prevents you from going on social media and talking about your boy's streak ad nauseum? Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, I do it, but there's also like, oh, I almost just said something horrible. Um, <laughs> I forgot that I was on a podcast. Uh, uh, people on social media don't really they're not very perceptive you know what i mean yeah so they can't tell when you're joking yes yeah. <laughs> you know what i was gonna say uh yeah th- 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 there's a lack of awareness of of the, the reality or the jokes of what i'm saying like when i say that your boy has a streak I- i'm being serious and i'm joking like yeah. i yeah. i there's that not People don't understand jokes anymore. Really, they don't understand. Like they, they, they think it's just bragging. When yes. really, I'm turning something that's funny and real into something that I'm using as a marketing marketing technique. Right. Like there was the video that I, I had, and it was <laughs> I um, got my business American Express Platinum card in the mail, and <laughs> what I did was it, it was presented in this like uh, wooden plaque. And what I did, I filmed the video of me opening it with the uh, Jurassic Park music rolling in the background. And I finished it, and Amy and, and our editor, Shannon, were like, that's so fucking funny, post it. And I was like, there's enough people in the comics industry that won't get that I'm joking. Yeah, no, yeah. that would have been hilarious. I would have thought that was hilarious. Thank you, thank you. Well, you're the good ones. Yeah, exactly. well, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. It's like I love people in our industry, but it's really quick though with that that uh, card. Yeah, like even still, <laughs> when he'll like hand it to me in the drive-through, he'll like at the drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like doing music. <laughs> like it's so heavy. <laughs> But the, I think, but part of the the wonderfulness of that is you're using it at the drive-through. Oh yeah, like that's the and that's part of the that's, joke. That's too. the yeah. duality of the success of comics. That's what you should do. It should be the next video for that. Like you in know? a succession, you should like present it at the drive-through. Be like, no, but that's like, the duet. But that's the duality <laughs> and 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 the the kind of fucked up nature that comics is. Because yes, in this realm of this convention center, I am hot shit. I am the man, everybody, and this could be, you could work for Marvel, you could work for Image, you could work for DC, you are the guy, I'm, I've won awards, I am the dude, as soon as you leave, 
and go to dinner. Nobody gives a fuck who you are. And that's like the wonderful duality of comics, right? Yeah, it's so, like its 100%. own entity. When yeah, yeah. Because like sometimes even at the end of the day, like you got these cats that write these books. People don't care about you. They care about Spider-Man. And I had that conversation with Ryan Otley. We, he tabled next to us at a show and I was like, dude, congratulations on Spider-Man. He's like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, word? That's like a dream project. And he was like, nobody cares. He's like, nobody's going to care that I'm doing Spider-Man. He's like, I'm excited to do it. But the, you're, my, the audience doesn't care. They're going to read it no matter what. And it's like, oh yeah, that is true. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's there's so much kind of more when you're having success with your own ideas, your own works, your own original IPs that I think you can kind of tent pole in a way, if that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. I and I had done that before. I, I remember I once did this video where, you know, it was just a stupid Instagram live story where I was like, hey, I, I'm so confused. Every time I go to a convention and I walk in, everyone just starts bowing. <laughs> and I'm like, like that kind of stuff I'll do, you know. But um, that kind of stuff I'll do. I I have pulled back from jokes like that, and I mean I don't even like saying because I do just want to just say whatever I want and joke about whatever I want. But like, I mean, people don't understand stuff. Like the the other day, um, there. <laughs> I posted this joke today, right, about how, you know, it's almost become a meme how often people say no cap now, you know? <laughs> and like a week ago, I posted, it was just a very one-off joke. I posted, um, uh, I wrote everyone in the comics industry, and then I put like a hundred little emojis of the little baseball cap, just saying that everyone in the comics industry is selling something. It's kind of like lying to you in a way, you know? And someone posted, is this about Democrats? It's like, no, bitch. There's just no fucking green cap. Yeah. <laughs> the, the emoji's blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, no, it's not about politics. Dude, it's never about politics. For me, it's about me posting videos of my titties shaking to a Drake song. You know? <laughs> <laughs> me making food wraps. You know, there's enough of that stuff online. I'll post my opinions on that occasionally but when I joke I want to tell a joke that isn't a fucking hack joke that anybody could tell I want to joke from my perspective yeah so what people always look for the them in the joke rather than the universality of the joke mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah that makes sense yeah. and, and that and that's what I'll say there so, I mean, I'll give you the reverse wisdom of Ryan Ali when he was tabling it. He said that about Spider-Man, and then he said <clears throat> when he had a chance to walk around, he got up and looked at our book at the table, and he goes, man, shark comics are fun. That's what he said to us. He yeah. said, yeah, he said because he did Grizzly Shark. Yeah, because he did so, Grizzly Shark. So he was like, man, shark comics are fun. Yeah. And I was like, if you want it, just take it. He was like, for real? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Take it. Listen, I love, I love your shark <laughs> I need volume two. My post office... Give me problems, dude. That you know? ain't my fault, Pat. It's upstairs. It's upstairs in the original. It's in the. It's, the, it's in the packaging. <laughs> I've mailed you twice. Sorry, man. It's all solved now. So when you send Ninja Nuns, you just pop that little hoe in there. You know. Gotcha. You can or you can message me after it's over, and I'll. I've got to mail some stuff tomorrow. I'll mail it to you. 
So. Pat, Amy, it's always wonderful talking to you. Your Kickstarter is live right now. Vampire Emmy and the Garbage Girl uh, is live. Back this book because my boy's got a streak. I get- it's it's Listen, a really cute book. And it looks adorable. Really yeah, it's really cute. It's a little love story, and it's really funny. It's, Thanks. Yeah, I like it a lot. So That's awesome. Aww. I appreciate you, my wife. Yeah. And I kind of can't believe that, that we're, we're rapping. You know, I could do this with you guys. Really well, we don't have we to should. stop. I mean, it's been an hour. I, I think your I mean, your beautiful wife is yawning and like. <laughs> so I figured. Seven Eleven. Yeah, Amy has to go to Seven Eleven and she has to go to sleep. But so. I want to keep podcasting with you two, you know, little baddies. You know, like, I want to keep going as a guest here. Have you guys come back? You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we do like like a little creator hangout where we just bullshit and we do that like. Um, every now and then and there's like five different guys that stop through like jason mcnamara who teaches comics in portland he's awesome he's like real fun he says whatever he wants to and he says all kinds of crazy shit you would really enjoy you would would like jason because jason's just gonna say what he's gonna say and and, and it don't matter if if you're offended or not he's just gonna say it and then he didn't care like and he's ginger robert downey jr so like we need to get ginger ginger robert downey jr and Ginger Nas in the same room. Yeah. Like, what would happen? They might have a rap battle. I think Ginger Nas. Yeah. You guys just I'm might. Ready. Hey, he and my brother. <laughs> my brother's like 25. Uh, they rap battle. They send <laughs> back and forth to each other. They have such a good time together. It's so funny to watch them together. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. It's hilarious. Yeah, he's been trying to get me to download this thing called Rap Chat. But dude, I'm telling you, I every time he asks, I, I, I ignore him. I know that I'll spend so much fucking time on there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> No better. He probably just thinks he don't want to do it. You need no. a rap chat about Pokemon, and then you and my son can have a rap battle because he, he loves. I, I want to do it so much that I I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. shows incredible. Rest- that shows incredible restraint on your part, Pat. I'm impressed. I mean, I think that's how you should advertise all your Kickstarters. It's like you should write like a like a like a three minute like rap for all. I like I would be in because like you even have beats in the background with the like I got like a PM Dawn vibe. You had like a blanket over your head. You're talking about driving for Uber. I was like, oh, he's he's in this. Like, he's, <laughs> I'm feeling some like a real serious type rapper. Oh yeah, I I recorded hundreds of songs. Recorded them. Yeah. <laughs> I really That's did. amazing. That's yeah. awesome. And it was. I had a couple say? names. Well, which name are you going to say? G Dub. You say it. Gangsta White. Yeah. <laughs> That's so That's dumb, but he wonderful. Had an orange velour jumpsuit. Yep. I mean, <laughs> That's my a- first rap name, though. <laughs> you have to send them that picture because they're going to die. Because it's, it's insane. My first rap name <laughs> was Big Honky PAT. <laughs> <laughs> Out. You know what I mean? Like it's it's stood for nothing. It's just my name with, with periods. <laughs> oh man, that's wonderful. Pat is an onion. So what does that mean? You have a lot of length. Oh, okay. yeah. I instantly understood what she said, Pat. You instantly were like, what does that mean? Like your Long Island roots came out. What does that mean? 
What the fuck am I, an onion? What, no. what am I, stinky? <laughs> yes, because like, offended for no, no reason. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't offended. It's just that I wore this shirt to Pokemon Go Raid Hour tonight. So oh, I'm no, like, you don't smell at all. You know? Okay. <laughs> I wore this shirt to Pokemon Raid Go. He was, he, he was killing me. Like that's when awesome. I met him at Baltimore, Pat was exactly the same person. See, that's weird because when I met you at Cincinnati, you were so low key and just kind of chill. Oh, I, I <laughs> I was tired, man. I was expecting like, all right, let's do it. But it was like, hey, man, I'm Bob. We were t- you're like, hey, what's up? And you, I was like, what? Like, the it was first very- thing he said to me, like when I went up there in Baltimore, the first thing he said was like, God, you and Bob are so fucking tall. I don't even want to stand up. I am standing up right now. I'm a fucking hobbit. And, I was, and he said that. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm you not that tall. Like, you just, when I met you in Cincinnati, you just looked so beaten and so tired and so just like, oh my God, I just want to go home. Like, and that was that was very much the vibe I got from you. So yeah, yeah it was get that way because it'd be driving a long time, and then the hotel is not as comfy as the house. It's yeah, crazy. I'm scared of hotels. I'm scared of them. And yeah, you had sleep apnea. Why? Why am I scared of them? Just like, all right, here, I've been here long enough to know that there are no ghosts here. <laughs> but, but like, say it's dead serious. But say right, <laughs> I'll drive fucking ten hours to this to, to uh, Cincinnati, and I'll get there. And I'll be in a hotel, you know, weird fucking stain on the floor. You know, it smells kind of weird. And I'm just like, all right, well, this is my situation. I'm going to be working all day tomorrow. And, and then tomorrow, I'll be fucking tired. And, and, and that's what it is. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Get a better hotel. Like, get roommates. Yeah, like, we always yeah. crash together. So, like, we're up until 3 o'clock in the morning making stupid jokes. We got, like, nine motherfuckers in a room. Like, that's how we roll. <laughs> Bob and I sleep in the same bed. I, 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 you wouldn't be able to be in the same Pat room as me. snores so much. Like, oh, yeah, that might be bad because we had Mark Deering in the room with us. Very here quiet sleeper yeah. at all. There's only one guy in comments. He's like his own area. Who snores louder than me. And that's Raven Gregory. <laughs> that's awesome. If he sleeps next to you, fucking chainsaw. And plus, <laughs> when we were in a hotel room last together, he he had his phone on his chest between his tits, and, and it was playing Justin Bieber music on it in, in the middle of the night. Was like, God damn. Was it like his ringtone, or was he just jamming? He was jamming. He, he like awesome. needed to sleep. And me, I I I snore. Was bad. it like the baby song? It was baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah it was a long time God. ago. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, you wear? Do you wear? A, you said uh, Amy said that you had sleep apnea. Do you wear the machine? Do you do no, the it's not that bad. It's just oh. that I snore loud and I, i've had problems in previous I feel like relationships if you wore a machine, it wouldn't it wouldn't be it would it would help him because he has sleep apnea it's not that bad but sometimes when he's sleeping you can tell that it's different from snoring and it's definitely sleep apnea because it'll like stop and start again like he'll be like breathing and then he'll be like <gasps> yeah that's scary like that i, I mean that's yeah, the Drew has a machine, and we share a room with Drew, so we have the Darth Vader machine going all night. And like, I'd probably it, be able to sleep through that if it would help you. You should probably look into that. It's yeah. not bad. And it's it, like a mouth guard too, because he also has TMJ that that acts up. 
I don't know if you, I don't know if you can, like, I don't know enough to know if you can do them both at the same time, but I know Drew wears his and like, we don't like sleep any worse with Drew. Um, we shared a room with, with uh, anchor last year, like a good friend of ours, Mark, and he was in the room with us and he was keeping Bobby and I awake. And like, I said, I was going to like, see, this is the New York in me. Like eventually I was like, I'm just going to fucking smother him with a pillow and Bobby starts <laughs> dying. Like, I, I'm just going to fucking kill him. I'm like at that point and Bobby just starts laughing his ass off. Cause we're like delirious from no sleep. And like, I got up at one point i was like i'm just gonna fucking smother and i had the pillow in my hands i'm just gonna fucking smother him with a pillow and bobby was like oh my god people that way pat he had i sure did that one time when he woke up she was like very like looked like she had killed someone (laughs) it was like wrong with you and she was like last night when you were snoring i was having violent thoughts about you yep Wow. I got earplugs. That's all I did. I got earplugs. Yeah. He went and bought earplugs the next night. Yeah. And I, we slept a little bit better um, than we did the first night. I kicked Mark twice. And, like, he moved and rolled over. Like, they laughed when I kicked him. Like, they thought I was a joke. But, like, I, like he was, like, serious. I told I him, to Mark. And Mark is six foot four. I'm only five foot 11. So, like, I'm kicking a six foot four, like, 300 pound man. I'm like, I just yeah. got earplugs and it worked wonderfully. Like, that's all. I just went to Walgreens, picked up some earplugs, bang, done. That's and what I, I should have gotten for my exes, but you know they just couldn't hang. I, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: as far as like getting the machine, I would rather rather than get the machine, I'd rather challenge myself to be less fat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but sleep apnea is not. It's not. It's only, not about your weight. It's yeah. not about your weight either. I mean, you yeah. know, it's about the way your breathing passages sit when you sleep. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, so like, it's not, it's not about. Yeah, like I'm not that. gonna let. Yeah, I mean, you thick, Pat. I'm not gonna let you body shame yourself like that. So. Yeah, don't body shame yourself. Yeah, like the, you that that. Your, we, like the girl that cut your, like the girl that cut your hair. You, you thick. Oh no, I see, see, baby. Yeah, yeah. That's what that girl was. You know, she kind of looked like um, Adriana from The Sopranos with some thickness added to her. You are on Long Island. So she was definitely Italian. Yeah. I know yeah. that because because I, I come from Italians and Irish people. So yeah, she was blonde Italian. Blonde yeah. Italian. There you go. Well, like that reminds me, yeah, of or Carmela. If she was older. Yeah, but no, it looked just like Carmela's Adriana. Carmela's like one of the hottest ones on the show. Whoa, she's hotter than Adriana, and she. Oh, you know. She dresses. Oh, hot takes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tony Soprano's wife. All of her outfits are on point. Her hair is always perfect. She got such a nice, like, Italian classic face. I think she's so pretty. I aspire to dress like her when I'm older, too. That's very... I love I mean, her, like, I'm suit pants it. and her little, like, little vest shirts. And they're so cool. You know who on the show I think is so fucking sexy? Which one? Tony Soprano. I really, oh, I re- yeah, I agree. I really do. There's, um, like... I look at Reddits about the shows that I watch. People on the Sopranos Reddit say shit like, it's so unrealistic that Tony gets all these girls to fall for him. And I'm just like, you know nothing about women. You know what I mean? It's confidence. Tony is so fucking sexy, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I had a hard time with that show because I didn't... Um, uh, I had a hard time just with the... I couldn't root for Tony. I didn't want him to win. If that makes sense. I mean, it does. He was like too much of a bad guy for you to. Yeah, like he was too. Like there was no redeeming qualities for that guy. Well, what about it, his love of animals. That's mm, no, that's not <laughs> enough. Like that wasn't enough for me, David Chase. Like he was too much of a <laughs> shithead for me. Well, who are you rooting for on the show, though? Because there had to be a guy. I started watching Sopranos late, so I got in when it was kind of bad. Well, who did you like? 
I like the weird character, so that's the reason I mean, why nobody. Polly Walnuts was my dude, so like that. I love Polly. I liked the guy. I liked Johnny Cakes. Remember when the one guy went gay and moved? Uh, to, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that guy because he made Johnny Cakes and he called him Johnny Cakes. But I, I got in on that show when it was bad. Like that's oh, no, when, you got to start from the beginning. Just like, yeah, I know the. I, they say that it gets bad. It is. It got bad. No, no, no. It no, got no. bad. No, 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 no. I don't know. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it from the beginning, it is from beginning to end a perfect show. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disagree. Okay. I'm gonna maybe I'll say this. Maybe I'll go back, but you, you gotta go back because I'll tell you this. Well, at least what you should do is watch the pilot episode. Yes, watch the pilot because it's a really cool. It's really well written. Yes, and there's not a whole lot of like action in it and stuff. But to me, that is one of the more clearly like where you can kind of see Tony Soprano's like maybe like internal struggle a little bit more. Yes. Like that's where it's kind of in the beginning because he, he it starts with him like having panic attacks and passing out. So he like he doesn't want to see a therapist and shit. And then the doctor makes him see a therapist. So it's like the way it's written is really cool. So at least yeah. just watch the pilot because that just right. it kind of goes into the rest of it. So. I, I agree fully. And I'll say uh, I'll, I'll say a hot take. Okay. 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 That's what you're made of. <laughs> First, not a hot take, just truth. Um, I do root for Tony Soprano. Hot take. <laughs> Tony Soprano's a good guy. Oh. That's that's debate. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Or watch the episode where Polly Walnuts beats up the landscapers who didn't mow his mother's lawn right. Because oh yeah, because because that episode right there is like realness. Because right. like because my Italian relatives would be like that shit. This Beautiful. motherfucker didn't even mow my lawn right. What the fuck is going on in here? The fucking lawn's all messed up, and they charged my mother two hundred and fifty. I'm gonna go kick that guy's ass. Like that's how that goes. Like hot take. Here's, here's a hot take. The Shield on FX was a better show than The Sopranos. I would I would agree with that. That's a hot take. I would agree I've with that. I've never seen it. I I, I can't rebuttal because I've never seen it. You have Hulu? 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 You got Hulu? Yes. Yeah. It's good on stuff. Hulu. It's a on good Hulu. show. Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis was a dirty cop who was a dirty cop because his kid had um, autism, so he was kind of doing dirty shit to make sure his family was taken care of. That's a that's a more likable angle for me, if that makes sense. But I didn't like him as much. I yeah. didn't like him as much. My dude on The Shield was Lem. Yeah, it's a good... The Shield is good. Lem was my dude. Lemonhead. He's my dude. It is on my list of shows to watch. I would and watch that. You'd like it. On Netflix. Have you guys heard Which of one? That? What? On Netflix. Oh, Ratchet? Yeah. My wife is watching that now. Um, she's super into it. I tried watching it. It was a little too much for me, like the opening scene with the guy with the scissor and killing everybody. Yeah, I was out. Yeah, that's like yeah. Amer- it, it's by the makers of American Horror Story. And yeah. It's very similar in feel. I thought the the cinematography was wonderful and the score because it's just like it's it's like listening to an old Hitchcock score yeah. like a lot of strings a lot of high pitched strings especially during the more like dramatic and kind of suspenseful parts yeah. it was cool she was into it yeah. we've been watching Lovecraft Country that's what we okay oh yeah I haven't seen that but I also do mean to see that I like it yeah just, just, just to expound one more time a little bit on uh, Tony Soprano 
oh he could let God. it go. I know that he 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 commits atrocities, but so does everyone in comics on Twitter by making me read their horrible stupid tweets. <laughs> I hardly ever tag you, so don't don't come at me like that, Pat Shand on my on my podcast. No. <laughs> not not you guys, not you guys. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I do love you guys, but you know, I just I also I also love Tony's That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I dig no, that. I agree with Pat. Actually, there's nothing anyone can say that would make me not be in love with Tony Soprano, the character. Yeah. All right. In real life, I would just be like, You're so wait, wait, wait. If you guys watched Soprano, did you watch The Wire? We started. We, we tried. The first season started out so fucking horrible, and it ended up getting to be pretty good in the end of the first. The season. third. The third. Yeah. The th- it, it, like I know what you're talking about too. There's a turning point. Like there's a turning point marker where you're like, Ugh. in the first season, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was like, kind of like, like oh. uh, yeah, I was kind of like, this is all right. This is all right. This is all right. And then you get to that point, and you're like, oh. But then like the second season is like really hard to watch because it's like Baltimore Harbor Police, and I wasn't that interested. Right. Then you get to the third season, and it gets even better than the first season. So it's kind of crazy. Like I don't know, but Stringer Bell was my dude, and that's yeah. when that's yeah. when my yeah. man crush on Idris Elba started, and it and it has never stopped. His storyline is very good. I hate the cops on that show. I feel yeah. like you're. Su- I think you're supposed to. But 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 they can't even act. Though is what it is. You know, like the, the, <laughs> the lead guy McNulty, he can't act at all. <laughs> At all, and I had the same issue with Sons of Anarchy in that, like, yeah, I was not a fan of that show. I, I, I like, like Charlie Hunnam when he has his real accent. When yeah. he does an American accent, he sounds all right. He sounds like I sound right now. What the bloody hell was this? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's me doing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's bad. He shouldn't do me because he's bad. Do you know what show? Did you guys watch? Um, again, this is I think another hot take. Um, I would say Six Feet Under better show oh than The Sopranos. Oh, that's because it's the best show of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best show of all time. Yeah. The ending. We agreed of that on show. Twitter about that. That's what Pat and I agreed on on Twitter. Oh, yeah. 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 It's the best show of all that time. Ending of that series. Best finale yes. of all time. Yes. Yeah. Like oh. the fact that what was his name? Peter? Was it Peter? What was the the, the, the brother the, who died? The, Nate, the gay, the gay Nate. brother. No, the fact that Nate died and then they still had three episodes to go was yeah. wonderful because it shows like just because someone dies, everyone else's lives continue, and this is what happens after like the rock of the family goes. Like it's, I love it. Was beautiful, man. Like Six Feet Under, best best show. I, you've seen it twice, right? You, we've seen it twice together. I've seen it a total of three times. Yeah. yeah. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would watch it again right now. It's, yeah, it's so good. I love it. My top five shows are Six Feet Under, Sopranos, The Leftovers, but Buffy and Angel is one show together. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lost, probably. Angel. Interesting. But, okay. Okay. Uh, with Michael C. Hall. Yeah. He's he's so good. He's such yes. a good yeah. Um, a couple people lately have told me like you gotta watch Dexter, you gotta watch Dexter. Mm. And I can't see him as anything else but David. Yeah, <laughs> I, I almost don't want to. Like I don't wanna see him as Dexter. I don't wanna see Angel as bones. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. Angel and he's yeah. a vampire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean he's Angel and he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> the the 
the whole thing with uh, Dexter was it was good for like two seasons, but like it's a premise that that only plays on for so long. A serial like the the premise you can only do so much with. Like it's very limited. That's where, what I heard as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I, what I felt like when I first started watching. I was like, I like the premise, but you can only do like three seasons with this. And then they went seven, and I'm like, dude, they just like what they did was they never get caught. How- um, I didn't get to the I end. I think of it the- got caught at the end or something. Yes. My wife watched it. I didn't get into Dexter because I wasn't. It got to a point where I was just like, I'm not into it. And like that happened with, um, there's, uh, when Bobby's talking about the shield, I never saw the end of the shield because something, something happened in the shield where I was like, I'm out. The end of and the shield was good. It's it's seven seasons, ten episodes a season. It's good stuff. I, I was out like at like right before the like through four four episodes before the last season or something like that because something happened and like I was like I don't want to spoil it in case you watch it. So it's like, good. You should. Yeah, like I, I'm agreeing with them, but I just I didn't watch the end because like for me when something it's weird because I read a lot of comics and sometimes I can get past it and sometimes I can't with shows. I'm watching it, so I go, yeah, I'm out. That's it. I'm done. No, it happens. It happened with, I really enjoyed Rescue Me. Like, I I loved it, yeah. The, the Dennis Leary show where he was the um, firefighter after 9-11. I heard about that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good show. It's great. Yeah. Um, I... I am a recovering alcoholic. I've been sober for 13 years. Um, Dennis Leary in the show played a a guy who was drinking, who at one point stopped drinking because his life was kind of spiraling out of control and he was making bad decisions. Then in in one episode, he's talking to a reporter about something who's doing a story about 9-11 and he drinks a shot of scotch and walks out and after that moment i was like i'm out like i could like for me that was it and it was a weird kind of personal thing but it's so weird like what can turn you on and off about fiction you know yes yeah it's very personal it hits every single person differently because of their experiences and everything like yeah that. yeah i mean it hit us recently and i don't know if this show will, will ever come back it probably won't because of what happened um but uh veronica mars came back for a fourth season and we've been fans of that show since before it came back. I was a fan since it was on TV still. Mm-hmm. I followed it through the uh, box set DVDs when there was a movie and, and, and then we finally this new season. the set where they shot the show because it's right where I'm from in Ocean Beach. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. And then the last five minutes of the latest season is the worst thing I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was such a disrespectful decision for the writers to make. And if they came back, I don't know how they would have to undo it. Yeah. Well, see, I've had that same problem with like American Horror Story, like the one about the witches. Like everybody's like, oh, you got to watch it. I watched the first season with Dylan McDermott, I think it is. And, and I liked, yeah, I liked that one. And then the second season was good. And then they got to the witches one. And then. Like they're like, oh well, like Stevie Nicks is a witch, and we and this character we of killed off. She is. That's obvious. It was awesome the way they they, like, they did her like into the. Yeah, it was really cool what they did with like weaving her into the story. But then like they did this. Oh, this witch that's dead. We're gonna do this and bring her. Back. And like for me, I'm like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. I, I can't watch that because because like now like they the writers wrote themselves an out so they can kill off anybody they want to and then bring them back. So like I was like, it's gonna be whack from here on out. And sure enough, I, I gave it one more episode after. That that and i was like nope i'm out because they did it they did it a lot of people did that with lost when they started like switching like time zones and people were like in you know all confused they're probably just like this is wild i'm i'm done like this is too much because i had to really 
Shadowlan. <laughs> I remember. I'll and always remember. I had an epiphany. I'll always remember this. Amy was loving Lost until the last season, and then the last season came on, and they had the Flash sideways storyline. Flash sideways. Right. You know? <laughs> and Amy was every episode more and more pissed, and I was, I was well, like, I get mad when I don't understand it, things. It was like this, you know. <laughs> and, That's good recall. Thank you. I've been waiting for the moment, just so you know. <laughs> um, so fucking, we're like five episodes from the end, and Amy literally in tears tells me. I understand. <laughs> and it made everything that she watched before retroactively good. It's like, oh, now I get why this. timeline just lit up in my head. All of a sudden, yeah. I could actually fill in the blanks. Yeah. I, I stopped watching Lost with the smoke monster thing. And then I was like, I'm done. Yeah, episode That's three. Literally. No, no, no. Like when it like got real big, when like when there were people were hypothesizing that Locke was the smoke monster and stuff. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Further, further down the line, further down the line. So it took a while. Yeah, I could break down season four is what you said. It just it, it's a lot. It's yeah, it, it it was too much, and I was like, I don't even care anymore. Like I don't care enough. <laughs> like I like it, but I don't care enough. The dialogue's well written. It's a it's it's a well written show. I could I could watch more, but I don't care enough. And like. I'm weird because I work like my day job takes up like 60 hours a week. There's three kids here and then trying to write comics and do podcasts. Like this is before that though. So like um, I was still working around 50 hours a week. Um, So like I got to the point where I'm like, I don't have time. So like I got to parse out my time. I don't have time for you lost. It's weird because I'll find time for stuff like Netflix Witcher. Like I'll find time for that. Like, but like I won't find time. You didn't like it? No, I've never but seen it. I just decided to shout nerd because it's a gaming show. I'm yeah. totally a nerd. <laughs> I watch it. Anything D and D like fantasy oriented, you got me at like you had me at go. Like I'm nice. I'm there. I'm I'm in for it. Like yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try it. I, I just wanted to you know. Burn. I would say it's good. I liked it, and it's a lot of timeline jumping around. So you have to like the only problem with the show is like I had to explain everything to my girlfriend. When we were watching it. She was like, I don't get like what what what. I was like, it's a different like they're, they're showing you the time, but. It's, this is like 30 years later from when this happened. She's like, oh, how did you – because it shows you the time. Like, Because I'm a writer, the, baby. That's why. It tells you the time when this happened. This is 30 years after that. And she was like, oh. Because I'm a writer, baby. I don't, I don't think – no, I didn't say that. You didn't say you should have. That's what you should have told her. I don't think that would have went over well for me. She's a, a she's, I would have got punched in the mouth. Because I I'm get not trying it. to do that. My brain works better than yours. Oh. <laughs> I'm definitely not trying to do that. I would definitely get punched in the mouth you don't, for that. Don't do that. But what you should do is like listen i'm a writer i funded three kickstarters i've got streaks <laughs> yeah we got streaks baby we got streaks i don't know if we got streaks I, the, do we have streaks yeah we got yeah, streaks. three in a row it's streaks yeah we got fucking i mean i told kevin and i'll probably edit this out of the podcast because it's close to the end i don't know why we don't go on kickstarter every day and just be like we've raised and fulfilled over fifty thousand dollars on kickstarter what like I, what prevents us from doing that is because we don't want everyone to hate our guts oh, <laughs> I've done that. I've thought about doing that. My thought is that I'll do that when your boy hits a milli. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to end, I think. Uh, 
now I'm going to leave it all in, so it'll work. So, Pat and Amy, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely. And go back... Emmy and the Garbage Girl. Yes. Vampire Emmy and the Garbage Girl. Thank you. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. TheWordBros.com.